Well, last week we kicked off this new series where we're trying to get our arms around this teaching that comes from Jesus. And it goes like this. He said this about his own life and about trying to teach us this. He says that living connected to God, and that's what we're trying to do, living connected to God, make some better and wiser decisions in our life. That's kind of the goal of this series. It's not simply a matter of believing the right stuff about God, about Jesus, about the Bible. Believing the right stuff is true or isn't true. See, just believing some stuff is true, that's called religion. And religion doesn't really help because it doesn't really change much. But Jesus taught that living connected to God was actually taking what you believe about God and about truth. And and here's the word, applying it to our daily lives. Making decisions and choices based on this key phrase. Because I believe. Here we go. Because I believe this about God. Because I believe this is about what God says. Because I believe this is what... I believe this about God and how he says life works. Because of all that, I'm going to act this way or I'm going to choose this way based on that belief. So the big question last week and kind of this whole series is this. I want to make better choices with my life. Choices that don't leave me in the same, with the same old results. Uh, the same old, we called them last week, prisons of guilt, of regret, of shame and embarrassment. And how do I do that? How do I know what the right thing to do really is? And we started with this verse last week, which we've all memorized. Yeah, you're such liars. Okay, but let's just, here we go. One, two, three. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Okay, we're really going to try this. Try not to look at the screen. One, two, three. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools some of you just milli vanilli in it. I saw you, you know, that? that's good, right? But see, this is, this is kind of where we landed last week is that if you really want to know what to do, it starts with what the Bible calls the fear of the Lord, which doesn't mean you need to be afraid of God, like he's going to hurt you. It, it literally means respect. To fear the Lord, and Lord is all caps there, if you remember, right? means I want to see God for who he really is. And I want to, I want to listen to what he has to say. And I want to hold him in the right place in my life, the place he deserves. And then I'm going to take all my decisions and choices that I have in my life. I'm going to put them up against him and then I'll know what to do. And here's kind of the app we landed on. And by app, whenever we use that phrase in this series, the definition of app we're using is truth from God that if I apply it to my life will help me lead, lead, lead me to, to wiser decisions. And the app looks like this. Here's my life. Here are the decisions of my life. Here's the the choices. Here's the circumstances of my life. The thing I want to do is I want to hold those up against what I know about God. I don't know everything about him, but I know some stuff about him. So I want to hold my choices and decisions up against God and have them both make sense. And then I'll know what to do based on what I know about God, based on what I heard him say, what I believe him to be like. If we would run our choices through that app, most of the time, not every time, but most of the time, we'll know what to do. Not because, you know, what God wants us to do is easier. Not because it will make sense. Not even because I'll sit there and go, oh, I see what you're doing, God. I think that really will help. That's not why I apply it to my life. I apply it to my life because I trust the God who's actually saying it. And that brings us to tonight. All right? We're going to be in the book of Proverbs again. So if you have the Flatirons Bible, it's right in the middle of your Bible. And again, I really encourage you to go get a Bible even now or on your way out and bring it with you. But I want to start with this, this, this proverb today. And we'll get a truth. We're going to get our arms around and kind of add it to the one last week. But it goes like this. And maybe this is familiar to some of you. But it goes like this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. So, so last week we started with this. Fear the Lord. Okay? And then tonight we're looking at and trust the Lord. 
Or maybe the way that if you're taking notes, because there's, there's places to take notes in your program, then fill in the blanks. For all you people that like that, it's going to be good, all right? But maybe a better way to remember this would be like this. If you fear the Lord, if you see him for who he is and you hold him in the right place, then go ahead and trust the Lord. If you fear him, then trust the Lord. But again, just like we talked about last week and every week in here, there are always two deals on the table, two choices, two ways to live your life. What we looked at last week, there's one way. It's called fear and trust the Lord. In other words, you could live your life by leaning my life. I'm going to prop my life up against what I believe to be true about God, what he's like and what he promises. Or I could lean my life against my own ability to understand, to make sense out of things. I could base my life on, well, it makes sense to me, which, by the way, for the record, has gotten us perfectly to the place we find ourselves in tonight, historically. So here are our choices. You could have faith in God or you could have faith in yourself. Now, 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 time out, okay? Because this is not the place where the Bible, and a lot of people accuse you know, Christians of this, like the Bible tells Christians to just check your brain at the door and believe, right? Just, just kind of blindly drink you know, the Jesus Kool-Aid, don't ask any questions, and follow Jesus down the yellow brick road, kind of like programmed robots or, or, or zombies. But I can't find any place in the Bible where it says that. No, no place where I find where God says, I want you to have faith. I don't ever hear him talking about blind faith. Over and over you find phrases like this in the Bible, like, wake up, pay attention, open your eyes, think, use your brain, pay attention to what's really going on around you and the coming consequences. So when Solomon says, you know, trust in the Lord, what he's really telling us to do is trust in the Lord first. Trust in the Lord first rather than trying to figure out if you think if something's possible or impossible. And then dismissing it because you conclude, according to my understanding, it's not possible, even before you bring God into the equation. Solomon says, you've got to start with God, rather than kind of God as an afterthought. And isn't that what a lot of us do? I do. I'm faced with a situation or a problem or something in my life gets really hard or something kind of blows up in my face, and now I have to do something, I have to act. And too often, my first response is, to kind of go through all my options about what I can do, my first response is, well, I can't do that. I can't do that. It'll never work. It doesn't make sense to me. It's impossible. I can't do that. I, I can't keep trying. I'm tired. It's too hard. I wouldn't know how. I can't do that. It's scary. They'll never listen to me. They won't give me a chance. And what we're really saying is, I don't understand how that could ever work. I don't understand how that could ever work. Choosing that, how that could ever help. So I'm going to choose something else before I figure God, whom I claim to believe and trust, into the equation. And what we're going to find today is that we have it backwards. Solomon says, start with this. See, if God is like this and says that this is what leads to a better life and this is what's true and this is how life works and he promises to do stuff like this in my life. By the way, that's called fear God or faith. And if I really do have faith and I think it really come through for me, that's called trust God. What's he want me to do? Now, use your brain. Now, use your understanding. In light of what God's telling you to do, think what needs to happen now. And here's what will happen. The next verse kind of follows up. It says this. It says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Pay attention to that word. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Another way to translate it is he'll direct your paths. And again, it's the same thing. Here's a promise from God. If you'll hold everything, all, by all he means all the categories of your life. Not just the religious categories. I mean the life categories and the, these categories and all the parts and sections of your life. If you'll hold those up to him and what you know, and look at that key word of acknowledge him is know what you know about him. He'll tell you which way to go. This is the wise choice. This is the path to take. 
Now, you may not take it. You may choose not to take it. By the way, the Bible says that's foolish and unwise. But you don't pick the wrong path because he didn't tell you what the right one was. Right? And sometimes it's, it's simple. It's obvious. You're right? Every time when God comes right out and says, don't ever do that. That one's obvious. Or if he says, always do that. Those, that's simple. Now, I say simple. I don't say easy. Because just because I know what God wants me to do, you know, just because he says that's right or wrong, doesn't make it easy to do what I know what God wants me to do. So I say simple. It's really a simple choice. Not easy, but simple. But what I want to spend my time on tonight are some situations in our life that aren't simple. And here's what I mean by that. What, what if you have, you have to make a decision and it's not a matter of, well, that's right and that's wrong. If I do that, I mean, it's horrible. And if that, that, that would be great. What if it's not a matter of right and wrong? And again, I'm not talking about stuff God's already made clear. Like, should I murder her? You don't even have to pray about that. No, all right? Should I punch him in the face? Should I steal that? No, 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 no. What I'm talking about is this. What if both deals on the table technically are right? Or at least not wrong? Like what? Um, I have two great job offers. Which one should I take? Which one's right and wrong? They're neither one. All right? I have to choose between... I've got to narrow down to two colleges. There's these two cars I want to buy. There's these two, I don't know, whatevers. And neither one of them are bad. Or they're not wrong. So which one should I choose? We face decisions like that all the time, right? How about this? A bunch of my friends are going out this weekend. Nothing illegal, all right? Should I go with them? Ever have to face stuff like that? How about this? I have a once-in-a-lifetime chance to do this. Or, or, or experience this or try something I've always wanted to try. Should I do it or not? I don't know. It would get a little tougher. I, we talked about this last week. I have this much money and those many things I want to buy. And I can't afford to buy all of them. Which one should I buy? It gets harder. I met a person. Relationships are always hard. I met a person. Should I ask her out? Him out? Them out? Well, I don't know. All right. What if they ask me out? It gets harder. I'm in a bad relationship. I'm thinking about breaking up with him. I'm thinking about separating from her. It gets harder. My marriage is a disaster. It's violent. It's degrading. And it's dangerous. I'm thinking about filing for divorce. And biblically, I have grounds for it. But should I? Is it okay? Or should I hang in there? another year. See, now we're talking about a whole new category. We're not talking about, is that the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do? We're not even talking about, is it the logical thing to do? Now we have a bigger question. What's the wise thing to do? So let's leave Proverbs behind for just a minute, all right? Let's skip ahead about a thousand years and about 300 pages in your Bible. We're going to go to the book of Ephesians, okay? The book of Ephesians is a letter that a guy named Paul wrote to some Christians. They'd only been following Jesus for a couple years, and they lived in a town called Ephesus. People who live in Ephesus are called Ephesians, thus the name, all right? So there you go, all right? It's like, oh, he's so smart. I, I, I know. I study all week for this stuff, folks, all right? So, but they're, they're, here's the thing is he writes this letter because they have the same struggles that you and I have. I have all these decisions to make. In my old life, I would have chosen this, and now I'm following Jesus, and I don't know what, what to choose. What should I do? Here's what a guy named Paul encourages them and us to do. Ephesians chapter 5, he says this about decisions, Ready? Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. And we cannot escape this, right? There it is again. There are always two deals on the table. Two ways to live your life. And it's not, there's a right way and a wrong way, a good way and a bad way. But what we see here is that there's a wise way and an, an unwise way to live your life. According, according to the Bible. And let's go back to our definitions last week. Wise 
this is the definition of wise. Because I believe this about God, because I, I, I trust him that this is how life works best, I need to design a plan for my life that follows his path. Okay? So the wise thing is to go, because of God, I'm going to choose this. An unwise or foolish way would be the opposite. In spite of what I say I believe about God, in spite of how life works or how God says life works best, in spite of the reality of my situation, I don't really trust that his way will work better. So I'm going to ignore what God says and I'm going to pretend what he says is true really isn't true. And I'm going to do my own thing. And Paul puts all this in the form of a warning. Look how he starts it. He says, be very careful. Be very careful. In other words, don't, don't be careless. Making wise decisions does not happen by accident in our lives. If you're going to end up in a good place in your life, it's going to take great care, great effort. You're going to have to pay attention. What's that mean? It means this. I don't think any of us try to blow up our lives. Do you? Anybody go out, today I'm going to jack up everything. Did anybody get out of bed with that? You know, we did it, but that's not what we planned on doing. No, nobody carefully plans on... Blowing up their marriage. I'm going to screw up my kids, you know. I'm going to get addicted. I'm going to go into deep debt. None of us plan to do that. But let's be really honest. Not very many of us have ever formed a careful plan to make sure that our relationships never blow up. Right? Few of us could lay out, here's my active plan to not screw up my kids. Anybody have one of those? Well, my plan is, no, no, no. Some of us are working a plan right now, working the steps, right, to get out of an addiction or a dependency. And I think it's great that you're working those steps. But how about this? Do any of us or did any of us ever have a good, careful plan to not become addicted to anything in the first place? Anybody articulate that plan for my life? This is how I'm never going to be dependent on anything, any substance in my life. Some of us, myself included, we are trying to work a plan to get out of stupid debt, right? I'll just go take one for the team there, all right? But here's the thing is, the reason... I'm in stupid debt is that I never formed a path to follow a careful plan at all to never get into stupid debt in the first place. Right? Give me a nod. There's some of you going, all right, all right, 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 right. See, here's what Paul's teaching, right? In all the areas of our life, but especially the big ones, the most important ones. Last week, I called them the high stakes ones. God will forgive you if you screw up, but you don't get another shot at it. Those. Those parts of our lives don't end up in a good place on accident or by chance. And don't over-spiritualize this when they all go south and say, well, I guess it was just God's will my family fell apart. I guess it was just God's will, God's plan for my life that my marriage or my life fell apart. No, it wasn't. God's will for your life was you need to be careful. You need to, be, you need to pay attention and work hard on making some really hard stuff in your life work. How? Next verse. Making the most of every opportunity. Literally, you could translate, and this is where you want to write out in the margin of your Bible. You could literally translate that as redeem the time. Squeeze every moment out of every minute that you're given. Why? Look at this. Because the days are evil. I don't check out them and go, ooh, this is the boogeyman part, and Satan's going to jump out. No, 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 no. It's not what it means. It means this. You know this is true. Does it ever feel like life is stacked against you? Right? Right? Either because time is constantly ticking away, and once a moment is, or an opportunity is gone, it's gone, and you don't get it back. Is that how life feels a lot of time? Life is rushing by so fast, and it's just gone. Or it can mean that, or it can mean this. The days are evil because we don't live in a neutral environment. That's just basic thermodynamics, right? What do you mean? It means this, that left alone, things don't stay the same. And they don't get better on their own. See, left alone or given little or no attention, 
things always fall apart. And by things, let me clarify, I'm talking about people, relationships, friendships. Don't get better on their own. Marriages, don't get better on their own. Love, intimacy, communication, families, finances, bodies, health. They all, if not given, and here it is, very careful attention. They fall apart. Not because you tried, but because you didn't do anything. They move away from one another. They disintegrate and eventually they die. That old saying that no news is good news, that's not true, is it? So what's the solution? Well, God says, be really careful. You have a, a limited window of time. And don't assume that, oh, there'll be time later or they'll understand or here's the big one. I'll just make it up to them. Hey, you can't. Instead, be very careful. Make the most of every moment because once it's gone, it's gone. How do I do that? How do I live carefully? Like this. Next verse. It says this. Therefore, if all that's true and life is rushing by, all right, therefore, then don't be foolish. But understand what the Lord's will is. Don't be foolish. Forrest Gump's mom would say it like this. Stupid is as stupid does. Right? And I don't think we're stupid. But we do keep on making stupid decisions. And foolish choices, don't we? Paul says it nicer. He says, don't be, or maybe another, stop being unwise. Stop ignoring what the Lord's will is. What does that mean? Don't ignore or pretend that what God says is true. Don't pretend like it's not true. Don't hope or pretend that maybe this time, in this case, it won't be true. He said, no, you got to stop living our lives that way. Instead, here's what Paul says. We need to understand what the Lord's will is. And here, the word understand literally means open your eyes. Wake up. Pay attention to what the Lord has defined, what God has said as, this is how important stuff works. This is how it works. And these things we're talking about tonight are most important. So pay very careful attention to what's most important in your life. Oh, what's that mean? It means this. Everything in our life feels important, doesn't it? It it may feel important, but I gotta be honest. Some things are actually more important than other things. And you say that, well, we all know that, do we? In other words, not everything we do is really that important, but we tend to elevate unimportant things to important status. And honestly, your softball game is really not that important. I hate to break it to you. If that makes you mad, Scott gave me that line. All right, so there you go, all right? But, but in certain times, in seasons in our life, some important things become even more important than other things. Because certain opportunities are only available in this moment of your life, this season of your life, this limited time frame, and then they're gone and you can't make it up later. So wake up. Wise up. Make the most of the limited time that you have because once it's gone, you don't get it back. In other words, I think some of us, God drug us into this room tonight. You can think that's weird or whatever, but I I believe it. I think that you being here tonight and hearing this truth for some of us, is God's wake-up call for us to wake up and have a reality check before something happens in our life and we are forced to face reality. Well, that sounds scary. What's that mean? It means this. Eventually, you will have to face, either by choice or crisis, you'll have to face reality. Like what? Well, last week, we talked about this. Remember that whole diet and exercise leads to a better life? You can wisely start doing that tonight, from now on. 
You can choose to do that, or you can wait till the doctor tells you, I got to tell you, you have cancer, or you had a heart attack, or a stroke. Now you have to work on it. You have to face, this is my life. See, you can wisely start working on your marriage tonight, or your family tonight, or you can wait until one of you files for, diso- files for divorce, or one of your kids runs away, or, or gets arrested. Then, then maybe you'll wake up and you'll realize, wow, things really are bad. Hey, here's reality. They've been bad for a long time. You can miss another ball game, dance, family dinner, or school play. You can tell your kids that you're sorry and ask them to understand, and they will try. And they'll tell you it's okay. But the truth is, you need to wake up. Because there will always be another important, urgent meeting, business trip, or tea time that will always be competing for your time and your time with them. See, you can talk to a financial, financial counselor tonight or this week or a bankruptcy attorney next year. You can go to shift this Friday night or you can wait until you land in rehab and get arrested for another DUI before you pay attention and admit, I guess there are some parts of my life out of control. I guess I, there's some parts broken and headed for disaster. You can fill in the blank, but this is reality, folks. And reality has been happening for a long time. Just like God said it would happen, we just haven't wanted to face it or admit it or address it. And that's foolish. We have to wake up. Choosing to deceive ourselves and live a lie rather than wake up and pursue wisdom, it's foolish. And again, I think we've been asking the wrong questions. We've been asking questions like this, you know, about our decisions. Well, is it wrong if I do that? Or how far can I go? Or how much can I do before I experience any kind of negative consequences? And in the past, those those questions we were were asking haven't led us to better places, have they? Every time we ask questions like that, we end up in places and prisons of regret and loss and guilt and shame. But the goal of this whole series is that I want to make better decisions that don't end up in places like that. Wiser decisions. I want to ask better questions. So last week, our, our app looked like this. My life held up against God. I'll know. And we, we ask questions like this. Now, now, who is God? Not what should I do, but who is God? Start with that. What's he like and what's he say? And do I trust him? That's what we add on that tonight. These questions always have to be the first questions we ask when, when, when trying to make any decision. Choosing a path with our family or our finances or, or any part of our life. But the truth is, those are great questions. And they narrow down our choices definitely to, well, I know about the difference between right and wrong. But in light of what we're talking about tonight, what do you mean? The, the be careful because our time is very limited. There's some more questions we could ask. We're going to start with, all right, so who is God and what's he like and what's he said? But there's some other questions that we can kind of go. Now, listen, I, I still need some help making a wise decision. I want to give you three questions. This is, there's fill in the blanks here. This is the, this is the good part, right? Um, a few years ago, I read a book by Andy Stanley, one of my favorite teachers. Uh, he wrote, the name of the book was called The Best Question Ever, which, by the way, I'm going to run it for you. The best question ever is, what's the wise thing to do? Don't even buy it now. There you go. You're welcome. All right. But Stanley has these three questions in there in chapter two, by the way, to run our choices through. After we first go, okay, now who's God and what's he saying and what's he like, all right? But in light of our, our limited and very quickly passing time, I want to give you three questions to add to your filter so you make wiser decisions. The first one goes like this. In light of my past experiences, what's the wise thing to do? Got that? In light of my past experiences, what, what's the wise thing to do now? And again, we're not talking about issues of, is it right or wrong? We're talking, of, we're talking about, even if it's not wrong to do that, is it the wisest thing for me to do? 
Especially if, I, if I'm honest and take a look at my past history, that's always got me into the places I found myself in the past. I'll just, let's just lay it out there. If historically, alcohol has been a problem for you, and there is no verse in the Bible that says alcohol is evil, so I'm not building the case for nobody should drink, okay? That's not what we're talking about, the rightness or wrongness of alcohol. Everybody understand that? Okay. But if historically alcohol has been a problem for you in the past, going out with your friends to a bar or a party isn't a matter of is it right or wrong. But let's be honest. Is there any way that you can hold up your past history with alcohol to ah, take another drink and have that any way make sense or come close to, yeah, that'd be wise. That's a good idea. Be honest. I'm not talking about rightness or wrongness. I'm talking about would that be wise for you? Computers aren't a matter of, of right or wrong. Well, Apple, maybe. That's right. But anyway, all right, so, so computers aren't a matter of right or wrong. But in the past, if being on the computer in isolation have been the times when then you've repeatedly lost your battle with pornography, is choosing to be on the computer in isolation tonight a wise choice? And no, this time will not be different. Men. The same with business trips alone in hotels where the movies don't show up on your bill. Been to that hotel? Does anything, just fill in the blank, does anything in your personal history, plus, I don't know, going there and calling her and meeting up with him and doing that and repeating the same past behaviors and mistakes that have never ended up good in the the past, does any of that come close to saying, yeah, that sounds wise to me? And then we kind of lay this on top of his famous last words. Yeah, but this time, it'll be different. Ever said that? This time, I, I, I can handle it this time. Followed by, it's no big deal. Followed by, one time won't hurt. Followed by, I messed up again. Wise up. In light of my past experiences, what's the wise thing to do? Second filter, second question. In light of my present circumstances, what's the wise thing to do? Again, we're not talking about right or wrong, or is it okay or not okay. We're talking about, based on where I currently am, and what's currently going on in this season of my life, what would be the wise thing for me to do, the wise choice to make? And here's a really controversial example, because I didn't get enough hate email this week, okay? So, all right, here's, this, is, this is controversial, right? Don't get bent out of shape over this. Some of you are really curious. You're like, I'm, what's his email? I don't even know what he's going to say, but it makes me mad hearing that, all right? But don't get mad and walk out. And here it is. You don't have to agree with me on this. Because this isn't a matter of right or wrong. Is it in the Bible or isn't it? It's not in the Bible. I'm talking about making a wise decision. All right? But I get asked this question a lot. Ready? Do you think that moms of young children should work outside of the home? I, don't, I, don't, I get asked that question a lot. And the question behind the question really goes like this. Do you think I'm a bad person? Do you think I'm a bad mom because I'm the mom of young children and I work outside of the home? Let me just clear this up. It's not, about, it's, it's not even about that. It's not about right or wrong. There is not a Bible verse that says all women should do this. There's not one. That's not what I'm talking about, all right? So we're not talking about right or wrong. The question is this, all right? And you don't have to agree with me on this, but in light of the reality that nobody loves your child like you do, nobody, in light of the reality that no one can replace your role in your child's life, in light of the reality that these first years are a short window of opportunity that will lay the foundation for the rest of their lives, in light of the reality that these important years rush by and then they are gone forever, you tell me what would be a wise choice to make. You tell me. Right? Listen, I'm not saying that your career, ladies, is not important or not as important as everybody else's, including his. 
I'm just saying without apology, Mom, there is no one that compares to you. And you being with your child is more important. And here's the thing, all right? Some of you are just sitting there just feeling condemned and judged right now, all right? Because you're sitting there going, not working is not an option for me. I mean, it's not, I, I mean if I could choose that, I would choose that. But here's, here's, the, here's my reality. Because I love my children and I want them to eat and sleep indoors, I have to work. All right. That, that's, that's reality. Maybe it's driven by finances. Maybe you're a single parent and you're, you're the only source of income. Okay, then if that's your reality, then make a wise decision. Make the most of every opportunity that you do have. Does that make sense? It, but if you, and this is going to make you mad, but, but, it, I don't know, but if you have no choice and you have to be away from your kids and work all day, then don't dump your kid at a babysitter all night while you hit a bar or another softball game this weekend. Be careful. Make a wise decision. So see, here's the truth. And I believe it's because this is the way God wired us up, but even if you don't believe in God, this is still the truth. For people, but especially children, it goes like this. We all need role models and mentors in our life. And ideally, you would vote for this. A loving mom and dad who are actively involved in, the, in, in our lives is the best option. But that is not reality for a huge percentage of kids in our world and in this church. So if your ex or your kid's mom or dad is not around for whatever reason, maybe it's a great reason, it's really good they're not because they're horrible. It's good that they live in China. That's great, all right? It's good that they're gone. But reality still demands. Your kid still needs a positive influence in their life. So make a wise choice. Like what? I'm doing the best I can. I know, you're doing the best you can by yourself. I I can give you a couple wise choices. Our children's ministry. Our student ministry is filled up with, 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 with adult men and women who are running after God and they want to partner with parents who need some help. There's no judgment. Make a wise decision. Here's one. Join or form a community group. Because it really does. I don't think I'd ever quote Hillary, but here he goes, all right? It really does take a village to raise a child. Ah, all right, so, all right. <laughs> Especially if you're trying to do it alone. <laughs> That's the point of community. That's why we talk about it all the time around here. Maybe Flatirons could be part of your village. And don't say, I don't have time for that. Yes, you do. You have time for everything that's important in your life. And don't walk out of here thinking that I'm throwing stones at you or I'm coming off as self-righteous or judgmental. I'm not. When both of our kids were young, Rob and I, we didn't have a lot of money. And, and all through our kids' childhood, Rob and had to work at least part-time. And I wish that I could stand up here and say, we always made wise decisions. But we did not. I chose to travel and be gone when I should have stayed home. I chose. We chose to buy things that locked us into payments that formed us to look, forced us to look for extra income. We did our best, but if we could get a do-over, we would do a lot of things different. But here's reality. The truth is, you don't get do-overs in some things. But we can start making wise choices now. From now on. So don't get bent out of shape over, is it right or wrong or am I a bad person? You're probably not. At least over this, right? (laughs) Probably something else. But uh, a better question goes like this. In light of what's going on in my life right now, in light of the reality that there are some things in my life that right now are more important than other things, what's the wisest thing for me to do right now in this season of my life? Next year or five years from now may be different, but what's the wise thing for me to do right now? So question number one, in light of my past. Question number two is in light of my present. Let me give you one more, all right? 
then you can run, all right? Three, it goes like this. In light of my future hopes and dreams, what's the wise thing to do? In light of my future hopes and dreams, what's the wise thing, choice to make, all right? See, all of us have hopes and dreams, right? We all do. We all, we've all, you know, laid in bed or thought about, you know, all of our lives. Someday I hope or I dream or I, I want this kind of, here we go. I want to have this kind of marriage. Girls, you planned out your wedding when you were four, all right? So you're just waiting for a guy to wear the tux. I'm just telling you, right? But I mean, you know, I want to have this kind of wedding. I want to have this kind of marriage. I want to have these kind of relationships. I want to have this relationship with my child, with my parents, with my friends. Some of us have hopes and dreams, right? Uh, for, our, for, for a certain level of financial achievement, because we want to travel the world. We want to experience some things on our planet. I do. We have hopes and dreams about making a difference in the world. We talk about all the time in here, you know, leveraging our money and our abilities and our talents to run after things in Afghanistan or Mexico or whatever, and people that God really cares about. We all have hopes and dreams. But the reason that most of us never ever realize our hopes and dreams is not because we didn't have hopes and dreams but because other things got in the way. Urgent things. Didn't see that coming. Uh, unplanned things. Detours, distractions. And then one day, and the Bible would say, because the days are evil, the time's gone. And reality catches up. And sometimes it's subtle. You know, so I'm 48 years old. For the first 40 years of my life, I talked a lot about, this is what I want to do with my life. Now I find myself thinking about, how much time do I have left? How much time do I have left in my career? In my ministry? How much time do I have left with Robin? How many more years? How many, how many more years with my kids? And maybe I'm thinking about this because my son's getting married in about three weeks and I know the time is ticking. How much, my parents, every time I call them and they're going to listen to this, but every time I see them again, you know, it, I can tell the difference. I'm thinking, how much time do I have left with my parents? And I hear this evil clock in my head ticking away. The Bible says the days are evil. They're short and then they're gone. And once they're gone, they're gone. So what do you hope and dream your future will look like? Well, go back to how God says things work. If you want those hopes and dreams to become a reality in your life, then you're going to have to, we're going to have to leverage every moment and opportunity that we have today. But be careful. Because there are several deals and paths to choose from. And they don't all lead to the same good place. So... In light of your future hopes and dreams for your marriage or your family, here it is, ready? What would be the wise thing for you to do tonight, not someday, starting tonight? If you're single, you know, but you have hopes and dreams of someday I'm going to meet the right person and you can look over at it right now, I think it's you, whatever that is, all right? But let me ask you this, what kind of conversation do you want to have with that person that you maybe have never met yet? about your sexual or your relational past history. Then start living that way tonight. What are your hopes and dreams for your finances in the future? Then make a wise choice tonight. Start walking that path tonight. Now I'm done. I'm going to wrap this up. But one of my favorite movies of all time, uh, one of my favorite movie scenes in one of my favorite movies is uh, that courtroom scene in A Few Good Men. You remember that? And here's what I mean by that. It's where Tom Cruise's character, all right, this is before he got really weird, but he's just a little weird at that time. But anyway, Tom Cruise's character is questioning Jack Nicholson about a decision that the colonel had made that caused a soldier to be killed. Remember that, all right? And they're going back and forth. I want answers. I, I, I. Finally he goes, I want the truth. And Nicholson yells back, you 
Yeah, we like the same movies. All right. You can't handle the truth. And here's this point. Sometimes I don't want to hear the truth. I don't, I don't, I, it's hard and scary and I don't want to think about it, let alone face it or, or handle it. I can't handle the truth. But whether we can or want to handle it or not, the truth is, the reality is, a lot of us keep on making decisions and choices that repeatedly keep taking us and the people that are attached to us in directions and down paths that we never thought we would go or ever wanted to go. But honestly, we never really ever formed a really good plan to make sure we would never go. We keep ending up there. No stones thrown. We're doing our best. But our past history, as well as our current situations and circumstances, keep interfering and distracting us from what's the most important thing. So rather than just do your best, rather than just make it up as you go, rather than I hope things will work out on their own, they won't, there's a better way. There's a better way to make wise decisions that will take us down the road, the path to a better life. How about this? Make a wise plan and run the app. What do you mean? Let's just add to it, all right? Here's my life and here's my decisions. The first thing, the first thing I do is I fear and trust God. What's he like? What's he say? What, 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 what place is he in in my life? And do I trust him? Now I got the right and wrong part out of the way. Now... In light of my past experiences, I'm going to be honest, it might be okay for a lot of people to do that, but in light of my past history, it would be stupid to do that. So now I know the wise thing to do. Listen, okay, so I I know it's probably okay, but, you know, someday I might do that. But right now, there are a lot of important things in my life, but in, in light of what's going on right now, they're more important than that, or this is more important than that. That's important, I'm telling you, and I'll get to that. But this is more important, so I know what I need to do. And here's the thing is, I have some hopes and dreams for my life. Sometimes I'm going to do that. And it's not right to do that. It's just not the direction that I really want to go. It's not wrong. It's just not where I want to go. In light of all that, I can make a wise, I can know in a better way. Now, how do you apply that? You know. Don't you hate it when I do that? Because then you just have to work out your stuff with God. Right? So high app. In order to be a high app, here's the thing we're going to do, all right? Um, we have, we have memory verses, okay? So tonight we have two. Yes, all right? Because good, because you're like, good, one wasn't enough. That's right. So this, is the, this one's easy, all right? So here we go. One, two, three. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Got it? Let's do it one more time. One, two, three. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Now, here, now we've got a second one. If you memorize the second one, you automatically go to heaven. Okay? So, all right? This isn't true, but it goes. All right. So this is, this is, I love this verse. Because this is a truth, I'm just telling you. If you could put this one on your refrigerator or a desk at work, whatever this. So here we go. Ready? One, two, three. Be very careful, then, how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity... Because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Can you imagine what our lives would look like if we could apply that? So I don't know where to start. If you're here here today and you're a single parent, I'm not going to say single mom. You're a single parent. You you know what? I, I salute you. I think you're doing your best. Don't walk out here with any condemnation. No judgment at all. None, all right? But... 
But you would be foolish to keep on trying to live your life in isolation because you think you have to be strong on your own. You don't. That's why God gave us a church and a community. If you're here and, a, and you're a struggling couple in your marriage or your dating life or you're, you, you know, you're, you're, you're saying you're, you're fighting with your wife because you don't know what nursing home to go to. I don't know. Whatever that is that you're in your life, you don't have to go through that by yourself. There's this thing called community and it's really, really important. Make a wise decision. An unwise thing would be to shut your door and just work it out in your house by yourself. It will not lead to a good place. And we don't have easy answers around here, simplistic answers. We do have some steps that we kind of lay out, go and take it if you want. One of them is this community thing. All summer long, we have these community barbecues that are coming up. You just show up at somebody's house, and, and we have a whole list of them, and they're on the website and everything. So, so we have these community barbecues, and you just go, and you go, okay, these people are kind of like me or not like me at all, and you get in your car and go home and don't ever go back, whatever that is. But we're trying to find some other people to link arms because it's wise, because God says life is better when we kind of link arms with some other people. So... Maybe you should check out at one of our community groups. Get online or stop at the information center. There's, there's like 20 or 25 this month all over Denver. Just try one. If you don't like it, then don't go back. The other thing is some of you are going, well, I don't really want to do that, but we've been thinking about this, maybe starting one at our house, something like that, but we don't know where to start. Well, this Wednesday night, we're going to have a training right in here. Going, all right, I don't, I'm not committing to anything, but, you know, I do have a back porch, a patio, and I like to eat. I'm not leading a Bible study, though, all right? But my house is, I have a lot of couches. All right, so here's the thing is, this Wednesday night, check that out. It's, it's online. It's in your program. It's on the screens. It's supposed to be. We don't have a slide. Okay, sorry, you came to the wrong service. Anyway, uh, it's in your program. It's online. So check out a community group. Check out maybe leading a community group in your, in your house with some other people that are just trying to go through the same thing. Jump in our student ministries. Jump in our children's ministries. Make a wise decision, all right? Let me pray. Randy's going to lead us to some worship, all right? God, I love you so much. But I'm foolish. Not because I don't know the truth or know the better way, but I keep on deceiving myself and thinking, oh, no, 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 I, I got this. I can handle this. I don't need any help in my life. And, and every time I've gone down my own path in isolation, God, it's, it's never turned out well. I end up apologizing to people I really care about. And they tell me they understand, but I, and they do, and they forgive me, but I can't get it back. But I, all I have a choice in is from now on, God, to be a better man, a better husband, a better dad, a better pastor, a better friend. I just want to be a better man, and that's by following you. So I want to trust in you with all my heart first. And then I'll try to figure out some other things based on my past, based on what's going on right now, and based on where I want to go in my life. And you say that you'll show me the right path. And so, God, I want to live my life that way. That's my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.